Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Stephen and for today's episode, let's meet Anna. Hey Anna, welcome to People of Canterbury Baptist podcast. Thank you. It's, it's going to be fun, I hope. This is going to be a, a bit of an interesting experience for us because this is the first time that we've been a, I've been able to interview someone face-to-face. So people who are long-time listeners are used to hearing voices coming through a telephone at the other end, but this time they're actually going to hear you coming through a much cleaner microphone. So hopefully the audio quality from the listening experience is going to be better. But also it's actually good to be able to look someone in the eye as I'm asking questions and talk to them. So, uh, so this is a new experience for me, as I'm sure it's a new experience for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, normally I start with the question, where were you born? But actually, I'm going to hold off on that question just for a minute because I know that some people in our church would have seen that the heading and gone, Anna? Who's, who's, who's Anna? Um, so talk to us a little bit. Let's actually start with a question of how did you come to Canterbury Baptist Church? Let's locate you in Canterbury Baptist Church first, and then we'll go back and have a look at your early childhood. So how did you come to CBC? Um, so my housemate, um, she was attending um, the evening service and started going, come on, Anna, come along. You're not doing anything. Um, and so she started dragging me along um, because I was just sort of sitting at home of an evening. Um, and so I started coming along with her um, every now and then um, and then attending the Bible study that she was attending through Canterbury Baptist um, and then when she left Melbourne, I was like, okay, let's, am I going to keep coming and go, this is one of my churches or it's, am I just going to leave it at that? And I realized that I did enjoy the evening service. I really enjoyed the Bible study. Um, and so just, you know, kept attending. So your contact point with us is that you attended the 5 p.m. evening service back 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 when it was running a few years ago, which means roughly how many years ago did you start attending Canterbury Baptist? Um, yeah, we're about four. Four years. So in my mind, you're an interesting example of a person who maybe many of the long-term regulars at the church may actually not really know who you are, but you actually have been a, a, you know, like a four-year attender at Canterbury Baptist Church. Yeah. But this is part of the challenge of, of, of when we have a morning congregation, an evening con- congregation, and I guess the new world we're heading into where we've got a live congregation and an online congregation. So, um, so thank you for sitting down. Thank you for, thank you for joining in. Hopefully the people who, who can't quite place you are at least able to go, oh, so you've been coming to Canterbury Baptist for four years in the evening service. You did, after we shut down the evening service, you did actually move to the morning service. So people would have seen you in the morning service too. Yes. Well, I was coming to the morning service at the beginning of this year when um, we could meet live. Um, I started kind of attending the morning service when it was sort of online, um, but not that anyone would have seen me there because <laughs> it was online. Um, the other interaction I've had was I was, was volunteering with uh, Messy Church um, when Messy Church was happening and I think volunteered for at least a year so that some of the morning peop- church people probably saw me there helping out. It's good on you. In which case – Let's go back to my classic question, which was, where were you born? Um, so, yeah, I was born in um, Darwin. And raised in Darwin or, yes. or did you move around? Yes, raised – well, yes, raised in Darwin. Um, actually, the raised in the satellite city of Palmerston, which is like 
Darwin just melts into Palmerston, so easier just to say Darwin, but technically Palmerston. So paint a picture for me. I've, I've never been to Darwin. What, paint a picture for me. What's it like as a kid growing up in Darwin? Um, a lot of fun. Um, no one wears shoes. If you're wearing shoes, you're wearing thongs. Um, it's raining for six months and then... Um, cool and dry for six months. We only have two seasons. Um, you spend a lot of time in the rain when it's raining because it's the only time to cool down. If you're not in um, in the rain um, in, over the sort of summer months, you're in the swimming pool. So we all know how to swim. Um, so yeah, you just spend heaps of time in the water, um, except in the middle of the year when it's a minimum of twenty degrees and too cold to go in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all got dunas on our beds and big, thick jumpers. Uh, uh, you're fond of Darwin? Did you have, have really good memories of the place? Yes, yeah. Very fond of Darwin. Just don't like the humidity. Um, but I definitely miss the storms and um, it's very, very laid back and, yeah, I really did like my time there. Did you enjoy school? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, are you able to sort of go out and burrow in a bit on why that might be? Was it? Did you have sort of rough teachers, or was it just boring for you, or you just wasn't interesting? Lack of engagement. Can you can you sort of identify where that lack of interest came from? Um. Yeah. From. Um. So I probably would have sort of said. The easy answer is I just didn't like being at school, um, didn't like learning, didn't like sitting in classrooms. I much preferred running around. Um, the more deeper um, answer is the fact that when I started school was the year my mum had my third my, – um, so I've got four siblings, um, child number three, and I was shipped off to school. So in, psychologically I thought, okay – two kids are allowed in the house at one time, which was then cemented further because when my brother hit school age, my youngest sister was born. So once again, two kids at home, now two kids at school. Um, it's not correct. <laughs> but, you know, kids, uh, they don't know things like that. And it's, yeah, I think that had um, a part of why I didn't like school. Do you think that that also shifted your view of your own home and even of your own parents, that, that, that particular view or idea of the world yes. that you had? Yep, yep, definitely. In what way do you see that? Um, probably it's, um, I don't probably made me think that um, the priority was always the younger siblings and I just had to be the big older sister and help out and, and yeah, focus on the younger siblings. Yeah. That's good. No, thank you. Appreciate that. It's, uh, this, this, is, this is not meant to be a counseling session. So we'll, <laughs> this kind of took an unexpected turn yes, in these sort of live yeah. conversations. Like, oh, yeah. okay, you ask a question. Yeah. But no, I, I, I do appreciate your, your willingness just, just to reflect on that. Um, you didn't like school. Um, but was there any part of the school experience that that that, that helped you to, to discover yourself, or were you were you discovered skills that that maybe a bit surprising to you? You learned something about yourself. Um, 
Not really. I, yeah, like I love learning, but with the school environment, the teachers pick what you learn and when you learn and the subjects you learn. Um, I realised fairly in probably late primary school-ish that I really enjoyed history. I just, you know, the teachers pick what history you learn. Um, But there was sort of subjects that I did at school that I was like, I like this, I just don't like it in the school environment where teachers and other people are picking what what you learn on the subject. So um, history was one of those, art was one of those, yeah. So in uh, in your school years, did you have as you headed headed toward the end of high school? Did you have any ambition to go to university, or was that was that just kind of not on your radar at all? Um, I did think about it. Um, like there's people that come in and from different universities going, "Hey, come to our university. Ours is the best." <laughs> um, and like my my dad did four years at university and then did a PhD. So he's like all university. He's like ridiculously academic. Um, and so there was this sort of, whilst I never felt any pressure from my parents to go to university, there was this background that pressure from my grandparents, I thought that I had to go to university. And, and there's just a pressure that's on young people that university is the next step after school. Um, so I applied to to um, for a Bachelor of Arts, um, and then took a, which I at the Charles Darwin University, um, and then took a gap year. Um, and when that gap year ended, I was like, "There's I'm not wanting to do university for the sake of doing university. It's a lot of money. I'm not going to." waste money on something that I can't see me doing for five, ten years after the degree. Um, And that's where I still am. If there's something that I go, oh, I'm interested in doing this and I can see myself doing this for a while afterwards, then I'll go to university. But it's a lot of money just for the sake of going to university and ticking that box. As you headed towards the end of your high school year, did you have any particular vision of yourself out in the world? Do you have a particular profession or a particular idea of something that that you wanted to invest yourself into? Uh, No, that's probably why I didn't really sort of seek to go to university because I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, And there was this pressure that, you know, you finish school and you know what you're wanting to do with the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm... I was 17 when I finished school. I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with the rest of my life. Have you have, have, have you figured that out now? No. <laughs> no. No. I am going with the flow and I'm okay with that and God has told me he just wants me to go with the flow and I'm like, all right, then, sure, I can do that. Just as long as you give me the next step, then I'll happily go with the flow. We'll see what happens. It's an exciting place to be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, were you raised in a Christian home? Yes, yep. Would you say strongly Christian or kind yes. of more of, of a traditional Christian? Like how would you describe it for people? Um, 
I would say strongly Christian. When we lived in under my parents' roof and we had to go to church, didn't um, as we got older, um, it didn't matter if we were going to the same church as my parents, but as long as we were going to church, um, which when I was older that didn't matter to me. I'd already decided I wanted to be a Christian. Um, um, but, yeah, there's, it was just it was just part of growing up, going to church every Sunday. Was there a moment in which you can identify you sort of owning your Christian faith for yourself rather than just being something that uh, was required of you or, you know, even if you enjoyed it, it's still something that your parents sort of, or your grandparents required of you. Can, can you sort of mark that moment where it became more personal and more, more specific to you? Yep. Um, so when I, was, when I was six, it was Easter time and we were at school and there was sort of, I was at a Christian school, so they were doing sort of Easter stuff because, you know, Christian school at Easter. Um, and the teacher did a, here, do this prayer and you become a Christian. And so I did, I was six and I did the prayer because I'm like, well, that's what my parents would want me to do. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 11, I th- think yeah I was about 11 um once again my parents dragged me along to this Christian prayer prayer group that had come come up from Sydney um which I had attended um originally it was under duress um but during those couple hours that I was there I was like actually I want this not because my parents want me to do it, but I want this. I could see these um, kids who were a couple years older than me with these such strong faith in Jesus, and I was like, I want that. They're, here are these people who are a couple older years older than me who are deeply passionate about Jesus, and I'm like, wow, that's that's so cool. Um, I'd never seen sort of 13, 14, 15-year-olds with such a passion for Jesus. And I was like, yeah, I want that. And so that's when I started the process of, okay, it's not my parents' faith. I'm not a Christian because my parents want me to be. I'm pursuing Jesus because I want to. Can you identify what it was about Jesus? So as you looked at these young people and were inspired by them, do you think it was just the rawness of their faith and the and the, the idea that he's a bunch of young people, my peers, who've really got something to live for and something that then enlivens them? Or could you? Or is there something sort of more specific about who Jesus is and about the vision of Jesus that caught your imagination? Um, well, it was a part of the children's the people that had come to Darwin were part of the children's prayer network, which was based in Sydney. Um, so the entire thing was learning about how to pray and how to connect with Jesus and um, and talk, pray and talk to Jesus through scripture and through just conversation and through hearing Jesus speak to you. And for the first time I was like, wow, I can talk to Jesus and Jesus can talk back to me and it can be a two-way conversation and that was so appealing that sort of realizing that you know yes Jesus is big and invisible and you can't see him and sometimes you want to go I wish you were just visible so you can give me a hug um but you can there's still that 
I for the first time realised that you can have this relationship um, that's sort of like a friend and can be back and forth and, yeah, I was wanted a friend and realised, wow, I can have one with Jesus. Mm. Um, throughout your high school years, what was it that sort of helped your faith to grow and mature? Was there a particular people or a particular events or particular programs that you got to be a part of that you go, actually, that, that was particularly helpful for me? Yep. Um, so the once the people from Sydney left – because um, they came up for a couple days, they we created our own children's prayer group, um, which I attended once to twice a week for about five years. Wow! Um, and so, through my early teenage years, I was regularly attending this prayer group of kids who were just gathering together to pray. Was this at church or at school or at um, home? What, what, no, so this? this was this was at a local local church. Um, there was one that was at um, a uniting church um, in um, Darwin and then there was also one that was happening at um, my church um as well um, in the because I we went to a church in the region, rural area, um, so there was t- these two groups that were happening um, that are, um, that I was attending both of them, um, and I think that helped to sort of cement cement it. There was also a school friend who she was attending. Um, she attended with me right from the beginning and it, the two of us sort of grew in our faith together um, throughout sort of high school um, until sort of year 11-ish when, you know, thing, we went kind of our separate ways a little bit um, and we both, in reflecting it, feel that when you, year 12 is such a difficult year and – we had been such – we'd been our faith buddies and then Year 12 happened and for some reason we just went our separate ways um, for about two years and during sort of the most difficult year of school and there's – in discussing it with each other, there is just no tangible reason for that to happen and we both just feel that – Somehow Satan went, right, you two have been such great faith buddies. When it's hardest, hardest year at school, I'm splitting the two of you up. Did that affect your faith as well? Did you find that your faith struggled a bit more in that, in that year 12 without having this friend, this buddy with you? Um, oh, yeah. Year 11, year 11 and 12 are very difficult. Um, yeah, just I felt very, very alone. Um and yeah didn't didn't know where i belonged felt just on the outside of every friendship circle um that i had just one foot in and one foot out um and didn't really yeah know where i fit in um didn't 
so, like sometimes I could feel Jesus very tangibly. Other times it just felt he felt very, very far away. Um, and so, yeah, it was very difficult. So is it fair to say, like, if, 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 we, if we pause at this particular moment and say, okay, here you are at the, the end of high school, let's just take a snapshot of, of Anna at this particular moment. Is it fair to say that you really are a person just really just seeking a sense of who you are and how you fit into the world? In a sense where, in different ways, not in any dramatic sense, like I'm not hearing any any stories of of terrible things happening, but just not just not quite fitting in or not quite seeing how you connect in with your home and your place there, not quite connecting to school. Um, you know, even by the time you get to year 12, close friends, you just sort of drift away and, and that, that gives you a sense of isolation. And it sounds like the kind of the one anchor point, particularly in your high school years, was faith. It was faith in Jesus. That, that seems to be something that where there was consistency and there was companionship and relationship, albeit as you've described by year 12, that, you know, that there was some drifting away that took place. But is that a kind of a fair snapshot to, to take of you at this moment in year 12 as a person sort of seeking your place in the world and seeking your sense of identity? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A person who hasn't quite landed yet. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's take a pause there. This has been a really, really interesting conversation, and I pr- really appreciate Every time I talk to you, I always appreciate yeah. just, just how open and engaged you are and engaging you are. So appreciate you, you willing to come into this place. Let's pause here, and then let's come back maybe for uh, the second half of our chat, and let's pick you up at that particular point, and let's move you forward into and up to the point where you are now. And let's Because I think there's an awful lot of exciting things that, have, that uh, took place in your life after your your high school finish and it'd be lovely for us to spend some time there so we definitely look forward to hearing from you again thank you Anna yep alright thank you and thank you to everyone who was tuned in to listen this podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church Melbourne Australia if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org if you are a member or regular attender of this church how about you get in touch with Anna directly and thank her for her contribution today The music is the song The First Step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist.